life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. Well, my week in California is coming to an end. Actually, it's been two weeks, which is crazy. crazy. It's gone fast already. And yeah, just been head down working and uh, recording Have the podcast. Have you gotten way more done than you thought you'd do? Way more stuff. Way more interesting yeah. than I ever thought possible. It's been really cool. <laughs> really eye-opening in a lot of ways. And some things were to be expected. Others were very different in, you know, of course, very different ways. And it was... It was uh, really interesting. I really have enjoyed good. my time. Good, and, good. Uh, I'm glad to hear it. Just cool to have that kind of consulting under my belt. You know what I mean? Sure, yeah. Pretty interesting. Sure. So, yeah, that's coming to a close. But, uh, yeah, I'm doing one more meetup, and that is at uh, a restaurant. It's a Bavarian restaurant called Verstal. I believe it's Bavarian. Okay. But it's a beer yeah. hall, German food. And I actually thought this oh, kind of tied in nicely because we actually didn't get to do our pilgrimage trip this year in 2018, but hey, we still get <laughs> to go eat some German food. And there you go. Why it's, not? Uh, it's right in San Mateo. So Verst Hall on Friday night, that is July 27th, 2018. I'll be there about 730. And uh, if you can cool. make it, if you're in the area, would love to meet you. love to see you and uh, have some food. As a matter of fact, a uh, fan of the show, JP, is a sous chef at the restaurant. And I figured yeah, it'd make great. a nice tie in there. So he'll be yeah, probably sure. in the back cooking, but uh, hopefully he'll be uh, out and be able to, to to meet people and say hello. Love it. I'm glad. We'll just see who turns out. So, yeah, look for that, and uh, hopefully you'll be there. I, I won't be there, but hopefully many of you listening yes, many, will. Yes, many people listening is what I mean. Of, Not you, but I, I wish I you were, but you're, you're finishing yes, stuff up. You're delivering episodes, am, aren't you? I, I am almost done with episode six, which is our Jeep in Moab episode, which is very different and very fun. It's really in the vein of our Lemons episode from seasons prior. So we're excited about that one. That is uh, that is the last one to go out the door. That goes out the door Monday at the latest. And I am done with uh, with season three. And then, of course, not only are we prepping for season four, but then I have to turn around deliverables for Amazon. So those of you that don't have Velocity yeah, right. can start watching it here in the next few weeks. We also are setting up a, a raffle for that little mini I call spot. That is going to happen for sure. So that's get, that will probably be happening in August as well because, you know, we're not doing enough. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. we are serious. We are taking registrations for our Utah meetup. That is the first weekend of October 5th through the 7th here in Park City. There's a good number of you that have already signed up. Please understand when I say sign up, this is pretty low cost of entry. You can do this however you want. It's a total a la carte thing. The sign up is, is literally a survey where you mm -hmm. tell us the yeah. events you plan to come to so we know numbers. Yep. But uh, yep. there'll be some track time, road tour time, maybe even mountain biking if you want. That's going to be cool. Many of you are signing up and we're genuinely excited to see you. Thanks to our sponsors for TV. We couldn't do it without you. We've got to mention no, Covercraft, Griot's Garage, Auto Tempest, and Brush Hero. Guys, if you haven't ordered a car cover, you can using the discount code every day. They'll mm -hmm. give you free shipping, and Griot's Garage will give you 10% off your order. So put that code in the very end, and you can get uh, a discount on products that way. And thanks to the sponsors. We, uh, I'm so thrilled that we're wrapping up. And like you said, mm -hmm. we're looking ahead to season four already, which is crazy. But which is crazy, yeah. Looking forward to sharing that on Amazon Prime once everything comes out and seeing mm -hmm. what people mm -hmm. think. So it should be fun. The guy that is our mixer that does all the audio mixing. I do, I do the rest of the post, but we have a guy, thank God, that does all the audio mixing for us. Yeah, the guy that yeah, is yeah. our mixer for the episodes was talking to him today because he's in the middle of six. And he goes, so uh, we doing season four? And I said, uh, we're planning on it, so let's hope you're in. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, it is a thing, and we're glad about it, and we thank you guys for watching. And those of you who haven't seen it yet, it is coming soon. 
Yeah, we just also dropped another piece, so it seems like we're everywhere. There's there's another YouTube <laughs> Fast Blast that just came out on YouTube. You've probably seen it already, but if not, it is a Ferrari F355. Yeah, Holy cow. I mean, among the Ferraris and and just style alone, this car sticks out. I think for both of us, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's pretty nice looking and just a beautiful car. As a matter of fact, the owner has now sold that car and moved yeah. on to an Alpha 4C, crazy enough. But during his time yeah. with the car, he really enjoyed it. He's in the Bay Area, and we were out here last year, crazy enough, just yeah. at the end of last year driving it. Well, Amazing. That, that was actually shot the same weekend that we shot our PCH piece for last season. That's yeah. how long ago that was. <laughs> but we just got so buried in post with various things that it's just now coming out. It feels like forever ago. But well, we're excited about that. Car, you know, it's for like, sure. Yeah, we've got other fast blasts exist. in the can and more. We're shooting in the next few weeks, so we'll keep the constant flow of the fast blast to YouTube. That's really what's going to happen on YouTube is those single car things. We've also got some other things coming. That's a little too early to announce, but some other new outlet things that are going to be part of our channel as well. Yep, we've got a couple of great debates for this podcast. But before we do, it's been a pretty crazy week in the audience industry lost a yeah, couple of giants chris fenson he is the designer of the current 4gt and mm-hmm. sergio marchione the the mm. ceo of fca he was the guy that orchestrated the fiat chrysler merger in 2009 yes unbelievable so both those gentlemen have passed away unfortunately and allison mack she writes to us on facebook asking the best way to remember these guys and Allison, my, my big thought is it's the same way we, mem- we remember anybody in our lives, whether it's a loved one we've lost, anybody like that, you talk about them. Let's just keep talking mm, about these fair. guys and okay, the contributions fair. that they have made in the industry. I think that's the best thing we can do. Of course, we can't go f- buy a 4GT and maybe you're not in the market <laughs> to buy an FCA product, but <laughs> let's talk about these guys. Let's talk yeah, about the contributions yeah. they've done. And I think they'll always come up in conversation. And I think that's the best way. Yeah, and it is amazing to see how much uh, Fiat Chrysler has changed under that leadership. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes forward now, because that is, in that regard, I mean, that's losing an, losing an icon. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, jumping right into debates here. We have got Jody. He is in Salt Lake City, Utah, and he yeah. is <laughs> with a, a pretty interesting story about a car buying dilemma that I found myself getting sucked into the more I thought about. I've been thinking okay. about this one all day, too. Good. Good. All right. I love but it. But he's got it. some boredom going on with his current ride. Uh-huh. As does the couple for our second debate, Brooks and Sarah. They're in San Diego, and Brooks is kind of admitting to some boredom, something that just yeah. isn't yeah. stirring his soul with his car. And I, we've got to get him into something different. And his wife, Sarah, as well. They're both looking for something. The budgets mm-hmm, are mm-hmm. very different. But we'll, we'll start yes, it with Jody sure. here. Jody yeah, writes to us. Like I said, he's in Salt Lake City, Utah. He's currently driving an 08 Subaru STI hatchback. So excellent car. He said, this is one of my favorites ever. It's a 2008 but mm-hmm. he's been driving for six years, almost six years, and yeah. he's getting a yeah. little bored. Yeah. And he said, well, I'm you know, doing that thing that you do at about that time period. You're contemplating, huh, it's getting some mileage. Should I do a little bit of restoration mm-hmm. and invest mm-hmm. in the paint and the body and change the wheels, upgrade the electronics, minor performance modifications? He said the cars is and always has been stock, but he loves the versatility. He loves the speed, loves the handling. Yeah. But it's the it's all-arounder, the great well, all-arounder. It's, 
It's the great Subaru STI hatchback. I mean, watch our piece where we did uh, two STIs and an Evo. It's that generation. That was actually a 2010, but it's that generation of the Subaru STI hatchback, which, of course, they don't make anymore. Yeah. And Jody, yeah, yeah. Jody has loved this car. It's just been around too long. We actually know Jody. We've, we've met him, and, and he works. he's in similar social circles. He's actually in a coffee club that Paul and I are in. And I have to tell a story on Jody that made me laugh. Right. He, he, he's been in this coffee club and known Paul and I for a little while, but he's only recently actually kind of found the show. That may sound weird, but he's just he started recently paying attention to the show. So he walked up to me not that long ago and started asking me a car question, and he got a couple paragraphs in, and he stopped himself because he realized – He's heard me mention on the podcast that when I'm in social situations, sometimes I'd like to talk about something other than cars. Oh, so really? So all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Jody got all bashful, like, well, I mean, um, maybe, look, I'm sorry. Let's <laughs> really? talk about something else. And I was like, no, oh, no, 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 man. But, no, but what's no, no, funny no. is I told him at the time, I said, look, man, you, if you really want to do a car debate, write the show. And he has, so we wanted to say hello. So we have to talk about this Subaru. And it is interesting because he is thinking about that thing that I think we all think of when our cars, I don't mean to say when all of our cars bore us, but when you just kind of get used to it, it just gets kind of normal. You then do. You, go, you do. Then you go, one of, two, one of two thoughts, especially if you listen to this show, one of two thoughts happens. You either go... Do I sell this? Or you go, <laughs> should I change this? Because what you don't want to do is just keep driving it as it is. So I understand that. So this is a good dilemma. What's great is that Jody has about seventy grand to spend on either two new things, meaning get rid of the STI and chase a genuine fun sports car. Right, right. Or possibly keep the STI and still get a genuine fun sports car. His wife has been, to this point, how do I put this tactfully, uh, quite tolerant of Jody's musings. <laughs> exactly. And the tolerance is ending. So he's writing us and going, help me and help my conversations with my wife and my marriage by just solving this dilemma. Jody, I will have you know, I actually started taking this very personally and took it on as a, wow, okay, <laughs> okay what great. can I really do for you? By the way, thank you for writing in. We really appreciate it. All right, so he is snowboarding, mountain biking, fly fishing. Occasionally, he brings mm -hmm. his dog, Ruby. I'm not very familiar with these dogs, but I looked up, did a little bit of research, and I thought they're really cool-looking dogs. Vishlas are gorgeous. They, and they also, if you want a dog to run with you, you want a Vishla. Because no the Vishlas are like, I need to do about five or six miles today. You ready? You ready? You ready? You ready? <laughs> That's a Vishla. So Every be prepared. Day. All right. When I, when I was in L.A., I had a boss who, within the same six-month period, they got a Vishla puppy and they had their child. Oh, my god! I'm pretty sure oh. that man didn't sleep for a year oh, because wow. one of them always needed him to do something. He just for, for a year. Oh, and, my god! And I don't know why, but they had, this, they had this idea where we should get a puppy when we have a baby so they can actually kind of like integrate into our household together. By the way, terrible idea. Yeah, why is that? I've, I've terrible seen couples idea. that do that. I don't get it. Anyway. You, one of them needs to be settled before the other one appears. It's way too much madness. <laughs> All right, so he's driving the STI around. Imagine all these sports going on, the dog, yeah, yeah, just yeah. bang around kind of car. All the while, this debate is raging in his head and the desire, of course, to please his wife and say, all right, I landed on something. <laughs> I'm done. So imagine this dilemma is going on. And he said, I've, I've started to share all these crazy combinations of things that he's been thinking about. But then he backed off and said, you know what, I'm going to spare you because he's all over the map. He's thinking, mm -hmm. what do I do? Mm -hmm. Am I going more modern, going four-door, true sports car? Is it sure. the small, fun-to-drive cars that he likes? Or that other part of him going, huh, a vintage Defender 90 and something <laughs> off-road. How do I okay. justify right. this? 
And so where he's landed is a vintage sports car, something, I mean, we've got to define vintage first, but sure, then sure. something that will do the daily stuff, hauling the mountain bike, hauling the snowboard, the dog, of course, and that will do well in the Utah everything. Wherever you want to go, you just, okay, yeah. that's my go-to car. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. the twist is, does he keep the STI or does he sell the STI? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So here he is. I'm looking at older 911s from the 70s and 80s. I know the feeling, Jody. And he's looking at the late <laughs> C1, the early C2 Corvettes, which is interesting. Very that different. Is interesting very different to flavor. Be very different. He said, very I'm classic, open. Yeah. Soft tops, hard tops, Targas. He said, no show cars, of course. He wants to actually drive it, but you know, one that'll kind of hold its value. So there's a bit of a balancing tipping point in there somewhere. And he yeah, said, yeah. all right, what do I do? 70 grand. I'm thinking a couple of cars, but okay. then does he okay. keep or sell the STI? Because that means he'd have three if he doesn't. But mm-hmm. then will that really... My question, Jody, is if you don't sell the STI and you get two new cars, let's say that happens and you keep yeah, it because yeah. you're thinking, all right, I'm going to want to restore it, you know, spruce it up a little bit. Well, then are you always going to be defaulting to that STI because... It's an old friend. This is what you've been mm. doing all the time. You think, I got the new cars. I solved the problem. Well, no, you didn't because the STI is still in your life and you'll still default to that when the weather's bad. I'm just Interesting. asking. Yeah, it's a good question. And here's the thing. I, I actually will say that, Jody, I, I, I kind of surprised myself as I thought this through because my first instinct was, okay, you're bored with the STI. Let's get rid of it. The more I thought about this, the more I thought, you know what? I think that stays. And really? I think it stays for – and I'm, I kind of surprised myself with this conclusion, but here's why. This is intriguing. This is the thing I've discovered having both the Mini and the Lotus. There's something pretty wonderful about having two cars you like the dynamics of that have very different utility strengths because it allows the, uh, it allows the Lotus, in my case, to be nuts, to just be nuts. And that's fine. Because if I don't want to do nuts today or I have to pick up, you know what? I have to go pick up takeout. Could I in the Lotus? Yes. Should sure. I do it in the Mini? Should I do it in the Mini? Probably. So, I mean, that, that's the thing is, <laughs> yeah. is, is you, now have, yeah. you now have the debate of, okay, now I can do, you know, I can do the alternative if I would like. And you have cars that do, what, that do what they're good at. And here's the thing. Because we want to get you in a sports car, and I've got some ideas for you that I think – will allow you to be in the new car even more than you think possible. But the STI is a known commodity. You've already said you like it. It's been great. You're just kind of looking around now. So my thinking is keep it because it becomes your utility vehicle in a very true sense where if the weather's really bad or you need to haul this or it is dog or it's going to get filthy and need to be hosed out, the STI is your old friend. It's there. It's reliable. It's good. I've got a couple things I think you should do to it. I don't want you to go nuts, but then I shopped sports car. Wow. And you're thinking use all the 70 grand for the sports car? Keep the STI? Is that where you went? Most of it. I mean, here, here's uh, – I'll go ahead and tell you, Jody. What I think should happen to the STI – look, don't paint it. Don't, don't paint it unless you're going to do like a Mako paint job and spend nothing. There's no point. It's your, it's your huh. winter bang around car. Just is It is that. So don't, don't paint it. You want, to, you want to make it a little new. So here are my thoughts for you. Get an Apple CarPlay uh, head unit or Android Auto, whatever. Just, just get a new head unit that's really – I replaced one in my Saab 92X. The head units in that chassis are very easy to replace. It's a double-din head unit. 
go on to like Crutchfield and shop and figure out what Apple CarPlay or Android Auto system will go and plug into that dash. You'll have the latest modern tech in it for a few hundred dollars. Then go over to Cobb Tuning. This isn't an endorsement, but they do great stuff, and they're established. They're so established. Get yourself a, co- a Cobb yeah. access port. A few hundred dollars for a Cobb access port. I think it's 400 500 bucks. It's right around in there. Buy that. Plug in the base map that gives your STI a bump, and instantly the personality of the car is going to change a little bit. I think you could stop there. If you want to go further, my only recommendation to you is get some wheels you've never seen on an STI. Okay. And be done. Okay. But that's only for summer use. I, I think if this is primary winter car, leave the wheels that are on it. Do the access port for a little bit of a personality change to the engine. Get updated tech. I'm spending less than $1,000. And I think that car's refreshed enough to do the duty it needs to and feel modern, and you can go sports car. Okay. All right. So then what did you spend the money on for the sports car? Oh, you're just, you're just having me dive in, huh? Okay. I think All you right. should. All right. Okay. All right. Um, well, look, Jody, you've talked about, should I get a classic? Have you driven the classics? This is my bigger question. Are you looking at them kind of longingly or have you driven them? Because have you driven the, the C1, C2 Corvette? Have you driven an 80s 911? Mm. I think an 80s 911 is something you'd really like. My real concern for you with those cars is you're going to wind up driving the STI most of the time. Interesting. Uh, I, I think I, I think you'd enjoy them. I think I think if you got yourself an '80s 911, you would thoroughly enjoy it. They're great. They're great. You wouldn't have to spend all your money. But I think it would be the special occasion car, and I want you to be in something new more of the time than you think possible. So while I like the '80s 911, I like the classic Corvette. I want you to have something that is a great sports car that is modern. I have three on my list. All right. I'm chafing here over here, by the way. I I, yeah, <laughs> this is okay. interesting. Okay. All right. I, 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 well, it sounds like you're going to go somewhere totally different for Jody, so I'm looking forward to hearing that, too. But here's, yeah. here's the three on my list. Let's go more modern 911. 997-911. This is the bridge car. And what I mean by that is it's almost a modern 911. It's almost everything you get in a current 991. Almost. But it maintains the size and a lot of the feel from those 80s 911s. You get yourself a 997-911-4S. Okay. You've got all-wheel drive now. Okay. You've got all-wheel drive now. You could get a gorgeous one. You might even be able to find yourself a turbo. Maybe, but I don't think you need one. Get yourself a 4S. And here's my challenge to you, Jody. Get yourself a 4S, winter wheels and tires, and so you swap. When we get around to winter here and you need to put winter tires on whatever car, put them on your 911. And then this is your debate every morning. Is there a reason I can't take the 911? Because I bet you you can drive it 80% of the time. I bet you the STI comes out only when you're going to haul muddy stuff or the dog or do something that feels like a Home Depot run. Then the STI is out. Or look, we got dumped on overnight. You don't know what you're going to encounter on the roads. Okay, bring out the STI. But I bet you 80% of the time that 911 gets it done in a way that the classic 911 can't. So 997-911 is one of my choices. But in a similar vein, treating these cars exactly the same, where it's a special event car that you get to drive daily, Jaguar F-Type all-wheel drive or early Audi R8, one of those three with two sets of wheels and ask yourself, is there a reason I can't take this car today? That does, well, great ideas. Honestly, bravo on the ideas. 
they do blow the budget a little bit. I don't know if you could find an R8 for 70, maybe. We're we're right the at the Jag, bottom of the market there. We're right at the bottom yet. of the market. The the Jags are going to be possible, I think. He's not going to be in the hottest one out there, but an all-wheel drive early one of those F-types should be possible. I I, I am hitting the ceiling of the budget, I, I admit, and I'm hitting the bottom of those two markets. Although I'm the one but, to talk, right? Because I'm going to yeah, probably seriously. blow that up anyway. But I just I, what I what I want here for you, Jody, is I want you to be in because you talk about you want a good handling, small-ish feeling sports car. I want that for you too, but I want you to be in it at times you can't believe you're still driving this car. Hmm. I, I I don't want the garage queen. Look, I love the '80s 911s. I like the classic vets, but you're gonna you're gonna. It's really hard to not be precious with one of those. We have a, a friend here in town who has that 87 911 that we love. We've driven it a couple times. We drove it for our 50 Years of 911 film. We drove it for last season against a, a first-gen BMW M3. Great 87 911. We love it. Yeah, yeah. He might drive it a dozen times a calendar year. Yeah, I know. That's tragic. I love that car. Every time I say, Chris, I'm going to buy that car, his wife goes, I think you should. Just where <laughs> his can... wife. His she wife, always pipes yes, up. Paul. Yes, Paul, please. Chris is like, I don't know. While he's going, I don't know. His wife's going, yes, uh-huh, we could sell that car. Can we do a deal? And Chris is like, uh, I don't know if I want to let it go. And I said, Chris, it'll, you know, kind of, at least it'll be in town. How about that? And it'll be getting driven a lot. It's not in the but family, anyway, yeah. but it's least, you know, it's in the, you know, he knows us. We're close enough. And Yeah, yeah totally. It'd be totally. in the family, if you know what I mean. But at least it's but in I, town. I'd like, hey, I love your car. Bye. Yeah, totally. But year year round sports car, Jody. I want you. I do that. This is my question for this. My big. It's almost like a workout challenge I'm giving you. I want you to have a sports car, <laughs> a true sports car in your garage, where you walk out, and the question is, why can't I drive that today? Because unless huh. it's just just a terrible day outside, or the dog must come, and there's four feet of snow, you know what, honey, I'm taking the 911, or I'm taking the R8, whatever it is, just drive it. Wow, I love your choices. I went in a completely different direction. And I hope that I don't contribute to your indecision, the continuing indecision. (laughs) And of course, I think it probably will. But all right, so as a counterpoint, Jody, I really love this debate. That Defender 90 stuck out to me. As did your prior car list, working backwards from the STI, you've had an FJ, Toyota FJ, a BMW Mm -hmm. 335i convertible. You've had it. 05 Jeep Wrangler, Acura Legend, Jeep Cherokee, you've had a Porsche 924, and a 1972 Chevy Nova SS. Mm-hmm. So that kind of helps me define classic a little bit more. I get it. I don't sure, know if I sure, yeah. would go straight muscle, something like that, or just you know all the way back to 70s. But that Defender 90 stuck out, as did your lifestyle. I thought, yeah. all right, I can see why you would keep the STI, but I say sell it. I am okay. selling the okay. STI, right. and I'm adding that pool of money to the seventy grand, which gives me okay. more to work with. Okay. Yes, this is true. Okay. Because I think, all right, one hundred twenty-four thousand miles on that STI, the car's not going up in value at this point. Those cars are not. It's it's not. No. They're, they're not in that category where they're going to start to turn the other direction, and therefore you should. All right, I, you know, put a little money into it. It's going to go back up in value. It's not. It's going to continue to go down. So therefore. I think it's good money after bad, personally. I would sell okay. the car, add it. I'm going to call it close to 90 if you look for loose change in your Whoa. couch. All right. Okay. And all just right. add it all together, scrape it all together, add whatever's in your wallet. <laughs> we'll call it 90. All right? 
Okay. Okay. All right. So then I thought, all right, you like that off-roading, that bomb around, just whatever comes yeah, your way, yeah. the car can handle it. And Todd and I recently drove this JL Wrangler Rubicon that mm-hmm. kind of, it piqued an interest in me. It just kind of <laughs> poked me a little bit. And I I had a lot of enjoyment with that car. You'll get to see this as episode six on yeah. Velocity, and then yeah. that's coming to Amazon. It's a completely different piece, by the way. This was adventure. Todd and I are more sort of marveling at ourselves and more personal accomplishment about driving up rocks <laughs> than we are about the car itself, even though it was awesome. We spend a surprising the amount of time going, we're all going to die. There is a, there is a, there's a segment of that. It, in it was film. a dichotomy yeah. is we're going to die and I accomplished that and the adrenaline has now left my body. I'm exhausted. I think I'll take a nap. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> it was that through the whole piece. While my son's sitting in the back seat, <laughs> howling with laughter because we took him. So you'll get to see he was awesome. what, I, what I look like at half scale uh, hyped up on caffeine. That's pretty much my son in a description. <laughs> so you'll get to see that as well. Oh, he was so much fun. All right. So this JL is pretty impressive. It works. It's got a lot of modern tech on it that I think would appeal to you. Surprisingly, yeah. Tons of it, yeah. But it still has that Defender 90, that just go anywhere, bomb anywhere kind of thing that really is for Utah. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I'm calling the 35, 40 grand for a new jail. I might be dreaming. There might be more than that. I think the one we had was about 38, well, somewhere in there. No, 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 no. We had the Rubicon Press Edition, which essentially is, is the version of whatever the press car is. If they could get a box checked, they checked the box. They did. The Rubicon we had was 50. It now, I'm wasn't not saying 50, was it? It was 50. Oh, yeah, it was 50. I'm not saying that every JL Rubicon out there is going to be 50 grand, but I am saying you start getting crazy on the box checking, and it's a $50,000 two-door Wrangler. So All right, can we go got a nuts, budget. But I'll, no problem. I'll give, you, I'll give you 45. I'll give you 45. Okay, we'll call it 45, even 50, no problem. we got a budget to work with still. That's fine. I might yeah. <clears throat> push yeah. on that. So I'm going to take your 45. <laughs> so that cuts that 90 and a half with 45. Well, see, I'm blowing the budget out again. All right, Jody, just get ready to spend money, buddy. All right. Yeah, here it happens. Think about this original or this uh, going back to a vintage vehicle. And I thought, all right, I do want something that is completely divergent, completely different. So when you open your garage, it's very much, how do I feel today in the same vein Todd's Mm, talking mm. about, but so different that there is, it's almost less about weather and more about what do I feel like today? Who am I today? What do I want to do? Because, of course, you can bomb around in the winter in the Jeep and in the summer. Not as much with a, you know, vintage vehicle. But you know what I'm saying. It's just. Yeah. It's like, which is your super suit for Tuesday? I understand. Leave, yeah. it, leave it more open. So I came to a lot of BMWs and I thought. Okay. You also mentioned right. you didn't want a CUV or an SUV. And I thought wagons. There's cool wagons out there. I even went back to the E28 5 Series, so the original BMW Mm, M5, but those are ridiculously expensive. But I did find an 87 535 for 25 Mm. grand. Did you really? Interesting. Beautiful condition, only 51,000 miles. I thought, huh. Now, it was an automatic, and I thought, all right, you've had a BMW, you've had Mm -hmm. other Mm -hmm. things, like a Z3 Coupe. That just intrigues the daylights out of me. That's just a little... The shoe... It's it's so useful to me, as are wagons, but once the 911 gets under your skin, I think it's going to be hard to convince you otherwise, because mm, I feel mm. the same way. I'm, I'm constantly looking at the 3.2 Carreras and the 70s cars, and I know what that's like. 
Yeah. And so I went looking. Well, I didn't have to look far actually because I knew the car that I. <laughs> you had you had all the all the the sites actually saved on your laptop. You they didn't have are. to go looking, but I take your point. Yeah. I, I take screenshots on my phone and I look at them daily. <laughs> 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 I'm laughing because I don't think that's a joke. Sorry. I, I, anyway. So there's this car that has gotten under my skin. Even though I'm not a convertible or really a Targa guy, it's a 1989 911 Targa in a very different color called Velvet Red. And hmm. it's on this website, AICauto.com. They specialize in classic Porsches, and they do a few other things. They've got some minis and race cars and BMWs. Adding to Paul's list of websites. Okay, yes. So they've got this 89 911 Target that's been sitting there for a while. And the red color is just, it's so deep and soulful, and it's stirring me. And I'm looking at this car. (laughs) $59,000. So it's, I mean, they might take 55. They might take 56. And... This car has just over 60,000 miles on it. Beautiful shape. I think somebody on a horse farm owned it and just kind of puttered around in it. This car is under my skin. I think you should go buy that car, Jody, and then get something so different that is the bomb around thing. It's a Jeep. It's You've had Wranglers in your life, but honestly, the new one is so much better than any prior version. It's astounding, and it's got tech on it, and they're just, they're very different, actually. And so I think, all right, these are two very different cars, and they would scratch very different itches in you. I see that. Yeah, I see that. I mean, totally divergent, because I agree with Todd that if you do have that STI, you wouldn't drive it. You'd only want to drive the new thing if it's an awesome new Jag or an Audi R8. I hope so. Imagine how cool that would be. But then I'm thinking, well, the STI is just going to sit. So A, why put money into it? And B, why keep it? Because you're going to be driving the R8 or whatever that is. And so, therefore, if you've got two choices and the STI is out of your life, it's not even a choice. Or I, the opposite could happen. There. What I'm telling you is, well, I don't want to do anything to my new cars yet, so I'm just going to keep driving the STI. Well, then what have you solved? Nothing. True. True. So <laughs> I can All see right. how this is going to create more indecision because we're in <laughs> totally opposite places. I realize that. I get that. But you've got a lot of considering to do. You know, I'm I'm sure we're going to see you at some coffee club again. We can keep the conversation going. We yeah. should move on to a, another debate here. But first, we've got a break. Jody, I hope that helps you. I really do. I, well, and you and I, we're, we're so divergent so on this one that but hopefully gravita- it's not making his head hurt. But yeah. But maybe it solidifies and he disagrees with one of us and agrees with the other or something. Probably. It solidifies. This is how it works. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. And then there's going to be a car that we get to see, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> At least photos. Yeah. So if you've got your own debate, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com, or you can go to the webpage and under the About tab, there's a Contact Us button right there. You can get a hold of us there. And then watch for updates on the site as well. Of course, we're going to be doing all kinds of podcast announcements when the next TV season hits Amazon. I'm really yep. excited for you guys to see this. It's so different, and the Jeep piece is so different for us. We're, we're laughing at ourselves going, wow, that was different. Yeah, and for sure. your cutting was excellent. It was masterful. So, Well, I appreciate it. I mean, this, this week on, on Velocity, again, this is Friday. You're listening to this. Happy Friday to you. You have made it through another week. The, tomorrow, of course, is Saturday morning. If you are watching on Velocity or setting your DVR, tomorrow morning is one of our crazier shoots for weather. 
It's essentially oh, yeah. uh, three CUVs and every kind of weather imaginable over the course of one shoot. So Paul and I get a little stir crazy during the <laughs> course of that piece. So we hope you enjoy that one. Of course, that'll come to Amazon eventually. But if you've got Velocity, we'd love for you to be watching it there because that helps us. It helps the sponsors. So we'd love to hear your thoughts. By the way, I have noticed many of you are leaving uh, comments on Amazon uh, on the seasons that exist on there already. That is greatly appreciated, and we will ask you to continue to do that if you would like to rate the show. We would love that. But again, tomorrow morning on Velocity is this premiere of the CUV episode. Uh, we call it Five Seat Phenoms. It's the Mazda CX-5. It is the brand new Jeep Cherokee, not Grand Cherokee, Cherokee, the brand new re- redesigned version. Right. And you're going to think it's an oddball, but we'll explain it. The Subaru Crosstrek. So those three together talking CUVs. Awesome. All right. We will be back right after this. When it comes to technology, there can be a big difference between consumer grade and business class. Just like with airlines, when you step up, there's a reason. There are benefits. HP and Intel are excited about their business line of products, laptops focused on the prosumer. Many modern consumer grade processors and mobile operating systems prioritize the battery life over the processing power. Business class PCs often offer both better performance and longer battery life, and they allow users to work faster and longer while they're on the road. Ask me how I know I've done this for years in the tech industry. And when you're searching for good laptops for graphic design or industrial design, you've got every right to be picky. HP has been a go-to choice for designers for years because their powerful laptops combine serious performance with a streamlined user interface. They strive to serve the pros, the beginners, and everybody in between. The HP Elite PCs are designed for heavy-duty reliability. We're talking 115,000 hours, that's right, of HP's testing on these standards to ensure they're durable. These business class devices are bundled with software that sometimes isn't even available at the lower levels or is an extra premium to get it. It comes right on these PCs. Every Elite HP PC comes with HP Elite Premium Support. That's 24-7, 365 dedicated people there to help you with your computer that isn't available on the consumer-grade products. I've used HP business class PCs for years, and I know that support is crucial, as is the processing power, as is the build quality, and they deliver. You can get an extra 10% off on select 8th generation Intel powered HP PCs with the code DRIVER until September 17th, 2018. Go to hp.com/driver. New to the Podcast One Sportsnet, Baseball and Chill. Listen each week to Kelly Nash and Scott Brom from the MLB Network as they cover all the big storylines and trending topics on and off the diamond. Some past guests include Baseball Hall of Famer John Smoltz and player-turned-coach Joe Girardi. You can listen free to Baseball and Chill exclusively on Apple Podcasts, PodcastOneSports.com, and the Podcast One app. If you love the show, share it with a friend and leave a rating for that one and this show. When you think of the things you do every day, maybe it's brushing your wheels to clean them, but brushing your teeth probably isn't top of your mind. For something that's so important to your health, and it should be, that's why Quip wants to help you brush better. Quip was called the best electric toothbrush by GQ and the Tesla of toothbrushes by Bloomberg. My son has a toothbrush with a timer on it. It makes Star Wars Darth Vader noises, and so he knows how long to brush. But you become an adult, and you just it's this subconscious thing you do. Quip's got a built-in timer. It actually vibrates and indicates when you need to change the size of your mouth, and it also tells you how long to brush so you get the dentist-recommended two minutes. I'm attracted to this just by the design alone. It's slim. It's slender. I really appreciate the design of this toothbrush. 
75% of us don't refresh our bristles every three months, let alone visit the dentist every six months. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash driver right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash driver. Let me spell that so we're clear. This is G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash driver now. Here's some useful car tips you might not be aware of. A coffee filter and a little bit of olive oil can clean your interior. Removing excess weight from your car will improve the gas mileage. Why? Because the car is now lighter. And you can place your key fob on your chin or against your temple and increase its range. Weird, right? Well, here's another tip you might not be aware of. TrueCar also helps people get used cars. That's right. TrueCar isn't just for buying new cars. With their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience whether you buy new or used. And with TrueCar, users can see what other people paid so they know if they're getting a good deal before they're buying. They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with a TrueCar certified dealer. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, check out TrueCar and enjoy a more confident buying experience. Some features not available in all states. I can't believe it. That Gerald is presenting the quarterly budget report with finger puppets? Look, here comes a 1.7% decrease in fixed overhead. Hello, everybody. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with GEICO. Who are you? The projected increase in organic Q3 revenue. Hooray! Believe it, GEICO could save you 15% or more on car insurance. We're back with a new debate, but we keep talking about the old debate. While we're on break, Todd and I are still talking. (laughs) Because yeah. I liked his choices, but I liked mine, too. So I'm confused, Jody. Well, but you you and I were farther away from each other than I think we normally are for that confusion, yeah, true. which is what made it fun. So, uh, yeah, anyway, the next time we see Jody, I think we're going to have a conversation <laughs> in live and in public about uh, about cars, which is good. We're talking about Brooks and Sarah now who have just moved to San Diego, and everything must change as far as cars are concerned. They moved, and they sold her 2013 Infiniti FX37. So that is the uh, – essentially, it, take a Z car. Let's make an SUV out of it. That's kind of where we went. It's just so, the bigger uh, shoe, that really. It's the four-door it, shoe. Ki- it kind of is, yeah. So they got rid of that. They still have his 2017 GTI, only 12,000 miles on this car. At some point, she's going to need a car, and the GTI is fine. It's just – it's fine. Mm-hmm. He 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 likes yes. it. He he says with a question mark. I like it. You Remember know, I mentioned just, the boredom part. Jody's yeah, kind of getting where bored, and Brooks is getting a little bored. It's just not stirring the thing in him that we are talking about. We are constantly chasing, which I mm-hmm. love that you're identifying that because the first step on the road to recovery, Brooks, is to identify the problem. Right. Well, and then and but then unlike other alcoholism and other issues here, here we just embrace the problem. We're not we're not trying to cure anything. Right. This, no. is, this is this is like an AA meeting with kegs in the background. I'm not recommending that to anyone else. I'm just that saying is with awful. regard to cars. This is what we're talking about. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's true. We're not trying to cure. We're just trying to continue to feed the disease here. Yes, That's all bad. That's really why you wrote to us. But in a different way, the budget is very different for Brooks and Sarah, as is their, I guess, headspace towards mm-hmm, the commute. Mm-hmm. Because he said, we never had an issue with bumper-to-bumper traffic or worrying about how much a gallon of gas is, which is something that consumes Californians being here. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's you're right. All you're that so you right. talk about before you leave work, you bring up Google Maps and you look at the traffic <laughs> because what if I should stay or leave later or who has ways going right now? Yeah, exactly yeah, right. It's just it's part of the culture. So I get that. And Sarah's going to commute eventually. But first, we've got to solve your problem because uh-huh. of the boredom. And you wrote to us with a prior list of cars that she's owned and you've owned and it includes uh-huh. a lot of Subarus and I was tying yep. these two debates together reading this and then I went back to Jody's and I, I saw boredom with Subarus and then I read Brooks again and boredom with Subarus and yeah, yeah. wait what? What's going on here? Even though yeah. you've had some other cars in here, Mini Cooper, you had what else? Well a lot of WRXs uh, 17 GTRs is now and then the, the Infinity as well but thinking okay I'm kind of seeing a thread. A lot of all-wheel drive stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A lot of front-wheel drive stuff going on. I think, Brooks, we need to get you into rear-wheel drive. I agree. I agree. To start with, before we even talk budget or car, we got to think rear-wheel drive because you're in California now. You don't need all-wheel drive, really. Even if you go to the mountains, you don't need it. Well, but, but forget California for a second. They're in San Diego. Yeah. Okay? As far yeah. as, like, we're going to have harsh weather, not really. Not really. We're going to be fine. I mean, it sprinkles a little bit in January, and the rest of the time it's just 70. It's the future. Well, There's look, no weather. I've got the top down again. Yeah, exactly. It's February, and it's 70. It's June, uh-huh. it's 70. It's great. <laughs> I love San Diego. I have a real soft spot for Del Mar, by the way, so if you get up to Del Mar. Anyway. So this budget that I'm talking about to purchase both cars, twenty five mm-hmm. to thirty grand. Yep. This for is both for of them. Yep. two cars, keep in mind, but there is a bit of delay on Sarah's car because she's still thinking about getting a job and doesn't have a commute yet. They don't know what yeah. that's going to be. It's They're still not sure a bit what it's undefined. Be. Yep. yep. But whatever she gets will have to turn into the mountain bike caller and the beach car mm-hmm. and the go pick up people from the airport car and you know, hey, let's just go to dinner because I don't want to Drive the nice car. Maybe you do want to drive the nice car because everybody in San Diego drives the nice car. All right. So he's driven the Mazda 3 in stepping out of the GTI. I thought, all right, I got to drive some stuff because you, I like that you did some homework before coming in. You had some cars in your hip Mm -hmm. pocket. You drove Fiesta ST, Mazda 3, and an Audi TT, which you loved, but you couldn't justify a $550 a month lease. Okay. So there's more to drive, but again, I started in rear-wheel drive land and then applied the price because, Brooks, I'm thinking we've got to solve your problem first, and then maybe if you can hold off a little bit longer for Sarah, Mm -hmm. I think Sarah should get a CX-3, a Mazda CX-3. Okay. I see that. I I, see that. Yeah. It's like a splinter in my brain. I can't get that out of my head for you. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then that, that's an expensive car. I mean, brand new, yeah. they're 26, 25, somewhere in there. Yeah, I do but, know a girl that bought one that was about six, eight, uh, six, eight months, maybe a year old. She got it for sixteen five, which means they're starting to be out there. Was that new? Yes, new there every bit of 25. Okay. So, you know, we're getting into a world where another six months or a year, that CX-3 is, is really viable for half your budget. I think that's a great one, Paul. I was almost thinking CX-5 the more you talk, but I think CX-3 is a better call. I do like that a lot. That's excellent. Interesting. Well, if, you're, if she found one for 16, let's call it 16, 17 for Sarah. But okay, set yeah. that aside, yeah, yeah. out of the 30K, we've got at least 15 to 18 to work with. 
Totally agree. It's all a nebulous number. When you give me a hard and fast number, it's still very nebulous (laughs) and celestial. You you realize that, right? Yeah, Paul's still going to say, well, that's kind of where they want to be. I'll get close. It's it's in the baseball park. It's in the... It might be in the outfield, but you know what I mean. You could you could see your budget from where I'm standing. It's way over there. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I thought of four cars, but then the last one is the one I think you should really strongly consider because I found some okay. really nice right. ones. Toyota 86 is at the top of my list. Okay. I, All right. I think you need to go drive one. I think he does too. I, I, it's on my list of things to drive. I think that's a, that's a drive as well. Co- totally agree. That There's a lot of elements about that car that you might find hit your hot buttons again that you're missing in the GTI. I love front-wheel drive for a variety of reasons, but it sounds like you've had a lot of, again, all-wheel drive, front-wheel drive. That feeling alone, you're going to, it's a buzz. You're going to think, wow, there's something that's been missing. Mm Mm-hmm. I see that. Hyundai Genesis Coupe is on the list too, but it's a bit of a bigger car. It is, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I also went to BMW. You've heard me say it before. Those 135Is with the Sport Pack are great. They're nearly mm-hmm. a 1M, but the horsepower in there, there's almost, still some things. Almost, almost. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Not quite, but you know what I mean. Yeah, you're, you're, you can see it from there. I get it, yep. But a car that we haven't talked about in a long time is a Nissan 370Z. And Brooks, there's okay. a lot of 2014s, like nice ones with forty to 50,000 miles. Excellent maintain, you know, they're, they're beautiful cars. Red, mm-hmm, blue, mm-hmm. pick your color. And they're all sure, beautiful, sure. and they're pretty new, and they're... They're very much in that vein, I think, of what you're looking for. Still okay. good size. Right. I like this car for you a lot. You can choose your transmission. You've got your pick of the litter. I think you should look strongly at 370Zs. At least go drive one. The 86 is going to be a lot smaller, but you still get a yeah. fair amount of power with that 370Z, which I like. Yeah, I and mean, the 86 is actually going to be the more usable car. But the th- the 370 is going to feel like the more focused sports car because you only went down to two seats and you got real power. Well, true. But the, true. the dynamics of that 86 are where the magic is, for sure. But I felt like if you've got that 370Z, Brooks, and then eventually Sarah gets a Mazda CX-3, again, mm-hmm. maybe you can make it work. Maybe it needs to happen right away just because of space and, and needs. You've got to be in different places all the time, which is fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you could find in the 15 to 18 range a 370Z and go get Sarah a CX-3, you've mm. had, you would have two pretty brand new cars in your driveway for not yes. a lot of money. They're going to be reliable. They're good looking. They're, they feel like smart choices but still have some enthusiast feel to them. Both of them. Very, very different and both very nice. I like both those choices. That would be a nice garage for you guys. I so think so that, too. I, I do like where you are. Uh, I, you know what? I back, I back you up on all of your choices. I have to add a few. Okay. Excellent. Uh, Brooks, I'm going to go one place that's going to seem blatantly obvious, but we have to talk about it because you're in San Diego. You moved from rural Pennsylvania to work in San Diego. My friend, Paul was joking it earlier. Look, it's February. It's 70 degrees. Look, it's August. It's 70 degrees. You need a convertible. You need a convertible option in your life. And I'm going to say the obvious, go shop MX-5s. I love okay? it. Yep. Because here's here's the thing about the MX-5. Yes, it is the 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 answer is always Miata. I know that joke. But you talked about you have a 15 mile commute. You wouldn't mind doing uh, manual transmission on that commute. In a Miata, you really wouldn't. You wouldn't mind it at all because it's got a simple, easy clutch. It's easy to drive. And here's the genius of the Miata. It is the one arm uh, top removal. You can be mm, sitting yeah, and stopping right. to traffic and go. It is a nice day. Whoosh, 
top down. You're sitting in stop and go traffic. Oh, look, there's our one cloud we get once a year. Top is up. Okay. Right. It's just right. and and you and if you don't want to do the traditional convertible thing for your budget, let's say fifteen grand or so for that car, you can also find the power retractable hardtops from the third gen. Those are out there too. So I think. Look, I, of course, I like the eighty six for you. The three seventy Z would be fun. I wouldn't get a three seventy convertible, by the way. I, I would get a hardtop. But I if, would go but for hardtop too. I think you too. have to yeah. seriously consider a convertible. And if you're going to seriously consider a convertible, the MX-5 goes right to the top of the list. It will run. You will enjoy it. It's just that car is easy to love, which is why so many people do. Mm-hmm. You have options mm-hmm. for your budget. I, I know that it, that may seem blatantly obvious, but I keep going, you live in San Diego. <laughs> Get the convertible of convertibles. If it's not hot enough for you, uh, there's so much stuff you can do to make it hotter. But yet... When you're sitting in traffic on a gorgeous day in Southern California, you're going to think, I moved to San Diego, and this is awesome. You just are. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be go there. I'm going to left turn for a second. A car that I think you and your wife would both enjoy because of its personality, I can spend less than half your budget, and I almost think it's a car you and your wife would go, but wait, I want to take that today. <laughs> the Fiat 500 Abarth. Oh, Interesting. You talked about how you liked the Fiesta ST and how it drove, but the cabin wasn't roomy enough. The 500 is a bubble cabin. It has a surprising amount of space, front and rear, more so than the Fiesta ST. Your visibility is good. I agree. Visibility is great, and, yep. and you're just your body room. Now, look, I don't like the seating position as much. It's got a very—you always talk about it, Paul. It's got a high H point, high hip point. It's got almost a, a, a van-style seating position, which is a little weird in a car that's as sporty as it is. But the upside is you've got a lot of visibility and a lot of space, and that car just has personality. So I think that what you're missing in your GTI is that kind of unpredictable, snorty little dragon personality that the Fiat 500 brings to the party. Mm. You can get yourself a bike rack for the car. You can you could take it kind of everywhere. I think it's a car you guys might almost fight over. So part of me is thinking 500 Abarth and a Mazda MX-5, that's a gorgeous garage for San Diego. I really like that. I will say a couple of wild cards. If you want to go back further, I'm talking age-wise, in your 15 roughly grand budget, you can shop a first-gen Porsche Boxster. Those are out there for that money. And, of course, you could ho- uh, shop the Honda S2000. That's following my, Always uh, following my convertible world. So, so those are my wild cards because you're going to have to go older. But, okay, all right, you have to look at those as well. Brooks, seriously, you and Sarah need a convertible in your life. You're in San Diego. I'm saying it again. And I, I do think the 500 Abart car is a car you both it would make you both laugh. <laughs> That's excellent, actually. That's so interesting. And they're inexpensive, too. You wouldn't have to do a lot to find a good Agreed. one either. No, no, 25 to 30 grand, you can just go buy both those cars. Look, yeah. honey, we have a 500 Abart and an and a MX-5 done. Garage handled. Interesting. Okay. Well, guys, thank you so much for writing. Hope that helps you guys as well. Hopefully it gives you a lot to think about, chew on, and enjoy San Diego. In the meantime, we've got to jump to social media questions here because there are a ton on here. Very different stuff on here, too. There's Mm -hmm. a question from William P. on Facebook that I think we should turn into a topic Tuesday. It's a best road trip car at any budget. And I think this is excellent, but we should kind of break that down for a topic Tuesday and wait on that one. But that will be coming. There's some other ones on here. Uh, Over on Instagram... There was, uh, what was there? Oh, KM Roxo is asking about this scenario. Imagine you're at a stoplight. You're turning left mm-hmm. onto a fast road, so a lot of fast-moving traffic. Yeah. Do you shift mid-corner, 
or do you wait until you're on the straight to upshift? Well, it depends on the car and it depends on the corner. And I know that's kind of a cop out <laughs> answer, but imagine you're in a vet or something that is pretty long, you know, tall gears, long legged. Yeah. Yeah. You can get away with not shifting mid corner and you can almost get to red line before you need to shift. But there's nothing wrong with shifting mid-corner either. If you're into something tiny, it's you know a little hatch, and it's just a high-revving turbo, and you're out of revs by, I, I don't know, late into the corner, we'll say, and you're at 5, 6, well, if you push it, you're not going to get that much more power and speed out of it. You need to upshift. So like I said, it'll depend on the car that you're in. But generally, I would say wait, generally speaking, because I like to be straight, pretty much and clear of the corner before I upshift because you know I'm I'm still mashing the throttle I'm still going sure. fast so I'm thinking just go ahead and get through the corner and then upshift and then you've got all kinds of new power to get after it if you're not in a PDK or perfect shift world or confident that you can shift without breaking the wheels loose mid corner I I can't back the mid corner thing I'm going to say the obvious question, at least for me, is you're turning left. Don't you have to slow down a little bit? And if you're slowing down, then you do your track driving thinking, and that is you <laughs> tap the brakes, you do your downshift while you're still braking in a straight line, and now you're in a lower gear to do the corner. So it's actually sh- it's neither of the above. It's shifting before you got to the corner. But, of course, we've got a theoretical scenario here because we don't know what kind of corner we're talking about, so that makes this a little bit uh, amorphous. But, okay, you and I disagreed there, but there we go. No, I, well, I mean, I, I'm not saying shift mid-corner. I'm saying wait. Yeah, I know you are. I know you are. You're saying stay in the, in the high gear and get around the corner, but get I'm saying don't you corner. have to break for the corner, which allows you to go down. Well, but, of course, we've got a theoretical corner here. True, too. true. I'm thinking from a standstill, though. But, may, yeah, very, very different uh, scenarios. Okay. Yeah, okay. If, if, sorry. If we're, if we're stopped at the light and we're taking off from the light, you've got to hold that gear as long as possible. Yeah, that's kind of the thing the I was corner. imagining. I, okay. Though. I see. All right. I guess it depends on if we're coming in from a stop at not, or, or not. Maybe I didn't follow that, but... Interesting. Okay. That'll be debated. Trust me. Somebody's having a bar fight over that right now. And another person's writing us an angry email. So there's that. Uh, Johan Lee wrote a question that's also a fighting words question. He said, how do you define aggressive driving? Oh. He was latching on to your story recently. We were talking oh, about sniping yeah, right. through traffic. And, and Johan, this is, mm, this is that room full of rakes discussion. Because here's the thing. I'll, I'll give you an example that doesn't relate to cars, but I fully believe in. I'm a guy that I personally am very busy. I, I kind of stack my day deep with lots of stuff to do. If I meet somebody that I know does half as much with their day as me, I have no way to say to them, well, you're not busy. Because if they think they are, they are. Uh-huh. Right. This relates to aggressive driving. It relates to rock climbing as well. If somebody says to you they're terrified on a rock wall and you're going, this is nothing. No, they're genuinely terrified. People have different tolerance levels. And so this is a thing that starts fights so fast. What is aggressive to one person is perfectly within the realm of normal for another. There is no way through this. The thing I think is a key thing is I don't mind quick driving. Clearly, we drive fast. I don't mind proactively moving through traffic. But I've seen it done cleanly, which is actually what Paul does. And I've seen it done with jerking movements and sudden changes and ducking through gaps at the last minute without any indicators. That's the difference. You can, you can drive quickly smoothly or you can drive quickly erratically. One of those people is dangerous. The person that's smooth isn't actually dangerous. They just have a higher speed tolerance than you. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm I really totally with com- you. 
I really think this comes down, I'm glad, I really think this comes down to smoothness of execution makes the difference. But you will find the person probably, and this is not a slap, it's just a reality, you'll find the person in a minivan doing two other things with four screaming kids in the back. Anybody that goes around them quickly is reckless. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's not really the case. It's what's your perception and what's your tolerance level. And I think it all is all about smoothness. And I also think we've had... We've had police officers kind of allude to this, even though they're not going to do this officially. If you have a guy driving quickly, smoothly, I think the police are going to be less frustrated by him than a guy driving quickly, erratically. I think you've really touched on that. And not to try to add too much more, but the aggressive, I think, is the quick movements. It's the erratic stuff. It's the unpredictability. But somebody that's driving pretty quickly, but smooth, predictable, still, you know, giving space to the driver and not cutting off that car right at the bumper. But mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You're going around yeah. fast, but then you're just waiting a beat and just giving them space still. But you're moving a heck of a lot quicker than they are. That's a big difference than just weaving in and out and cutting somebody off. And you're real totally. close to other cars. Now, totally. it's harder that's to do in really traffic. Wrong. But yeah, yeah if, if you're still smooth and you're going fast, but you're just giving people space and sort of like it's just a respectful way of hey i know you're there and i'm not asking mm-hmm. you to move i'm mm-hmm. just i'm going to go ahead and go around you now so you know that kind of thinking and that kind of mindset definitely translates to your driving and it translates to how you see that car moving through traffic so absolutely it's that erratic thing that people are just frightened by i think and just mm-hmm. kind of oh, set on edge yeah. by all right there's a question on here instagram wall of yawn asks I about this. i love this <laughs> Breaking the news to your Chevy family that you might buy a Fiesta ST, that you might buy something from <laughs> the great arch rival. That, that yes, you don't even say that word at Thanksgiving dinner. Totally, you you guys all I, drink hardcore. drink Coke. I'm going to go drink a Pepsi over here. It's going to be fine. Really, I mean, worlds are not just colliding; they're ending. I mean, <laughs> inheritances are at risk here, people. You understand this, whatever it is. Now, keep in mind that the people who work at Chevy Mm -hmm. might own a Mustang. People that work at GM might own a Mustang. Or the people who work at Toyota might like Lexus or they might like Mazda. And in this day and age, it's getting less and less of an issue. I'll relate it to the industry that I'm currently experiencing, and that is the tech industry. Mm -hmm. Everybody says, oh, yeah, you know. Tesla took our employee over there and that guy's a formal Apple employee and this person is, you know, they worked at this, this, and this before they came and joined. Well, where's the loyalty? Like, you know, how do you, how do you break that up and think, well, are you just tech person, whoever you are, or are you kind of loyal to a brand? And generally speaking, people kind of filter that out and they find their, their tribe, I guess. It's a cheesy way Mm. of saying it. And there's quite a bit of, um, You folks in the tech industry will will definitely understand this, but the words that the industry words that are bandied about here are, yeah, that company found its true north. Like, I heard that and I went, what? What is that? I know what it means, but I still want to ask what it means. Like, what are you talking? You know what about? it means, but you really wish they'd stop using that in the Just memo. Stop I understand. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's becoming less of a thing. So in the tech industry, people are cool with, yeah, he's an Apple employer. You know, that Apple employee came from Google or whatever. There's a lot of crossover, but it comes Hmm. down to Hmm. 
kind of who you are and joining something that you feel like is kind of your tribe. And so if that's Ford, and even though your family's Chevy, why can't you coexist peacefully? Because it's happening in the huh. car industry. It's happening well. in all kinds of industries. You got to find who are you. And if that's you and your family Chevy, but hey, I'm not Chevy. I'm, you know what I mean? I, I think that's a valid Maybe. discussion. Now, it is a valid discussion. In the 70s, that was not okay. All right. I, I get that. 60s, I mean, that was just like, that was grounds for all kinds of things, if you know what I mean. But, but nowadays. Wall of Yawn, I have a different a thought. I, I, I hear you. I think that's great. I have a different thought, Wall of Yawn. Here's the thing. You aren't, this isn't a family that likes Chevy and you went and bought a Ford Mustang. My point here is, if you bought a Ford Mustang, you overlooked the fact that Chevy makes a competing product in that space. I could see them Fair. getting mad at you. The Fiesta ST, honestly, lay it at the feet of your family. What does Chevy make that, that competes with this? Because I'll give you the answer. Nothing. Yeah, Zero. True. They true. don't have anything in their product line that can compete head-to-head with the Fiesta ST. Now, lay at their feet the fact that auto journalists across the board love the Fiesta ST for its dynamics. I'll tell you, honestly, speaking truthfully, the first time I heard people say, the new Fiesta ST is brilliant, I went, the Fiesta ST is what now? <laughs> right. Uh, honestly. Right. And then I drove it and went, no, 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 that's really right. If there was a Chevy product that could do what the Fiesta ST does, if Chevy was playing in that world and you overlooked it to go to the Fiesta ST, maybe there's something to fight about. But Chevy's got nothing. You mm, went and bought a great, great little hatchback. And so they may not like it. But guys, if Chevy wanted to make me something like this, and I'm saying it to Chevy right now, we people would buy it, but it doesn't exist. So I bought the Fiesta ST. I think that Ford's you can stand on that all day long. Yes, exactly. Which is Ford, crazy. Ford kind of went, well, we can't maintain this either. So you bought a great moment in time car that most everybody that's driven it goes, this is really awesome. Yeah. And Chevy's got nothing to, th- to throw at that. So I think you're done. Hmm. No, that's interesting. Excellent point. Uh, Remington G21 wrote in, um, wow, talk about room full of rakes. I'm teaching my mom to drive stick. <laughs> wow. Yikes. Um, wow. Uh, every parent's different about being taught things by their children. Uh, and, and learning to drive stick is a genuinely stressful situation. You're taking on something there, my friend. So uh, let's see if we can walk carefully. She seems to get the basics. But what's, what seems to be tripping her up and you're asking about is shift points. She's married to the RPM. Oh, That gets yeah. to 3,000 RPM, and she goes, this is when I shift. And you're sitting here going, how do I explain that it varies? I'm going to try, and I'm going to fail, but I'm going to try on this. First off, and I know this is a reach, but this is the best reach. Does your mom bike? Does she road bike or mountain bike? Okay, Because that is the simplest way to explain it. Because if you, if you bike on a bike with gears... You start to learn instinctively, I need to be in a lower gear now. But when you rode this ride yesterday, maybe you weren't in a lower gear. You didn't feel like you were having to work as hard, whatever. You just kind of almost subconsciously you get, and I've been biking a lot, so it's where my head is. But you can subconsciously get into this place where I need to be in a lower gear. I need to be in a higher gear. And your, your amount of pedaling, which is your RPM in that situation, your amount of pedaling may change as you do it. So there's that question. The other one I'm going to give you is a blender, blender settings. If you have okay. a blender, does, does it blend? If you have a blender in your house... Everything blends, apparently. Seriously. If you get the right blender, it does. But here's the thing. If you have a blender in your house and you're blending whatever it is, 
there's no instructions. There's no there's no tachometer for you to know the RPM. You're watching and feeling the blending happen and going, oh, I need to be in this gear now. Oh, I need to be in this gear now. Oh, I need to be at this speed now. It's the same idea. You're doing it based on how the machine is responding. These are the things to try to take into driving a car. If you're driving casually, shift low. But if you need to get around that truck, you've got to wait because the more power is higher up. It's, it's like the bike. It's like the blender. You've got to get a feel for it. And there is no hard and fast, this is when you shift. Maybe that helps, but you're in a world of landmines, so best of luck. I keep thinking of, of things to relate this to, and I'll come to cooking. All the best chefs, just a little bit of this and a pinch of that, and they just kind sure, of season the feel. taste. And, going, yeah, yeah, yeah. and my sister tells me, if you can read, you can cook. And I'm thinking, well, all the best chefs are just doing it by taste and they keep tasting things and they keep sweetening that and then they know what ingredients mm-hmm. to add and how do you know there's no book there's no recipe for that just to, <laughs> what secret ingredient was in your your pasta sauce that is delicious very different you know what'd you do so yeah cooking's the same way so mm-hmm. making wine everybody starts with thyme and yeast and grapes <laughs> why is there two buck chuck and yeah. why are there three thousand dollar bottles of wine what, yeah. What happened? Massively divergent all of a sudden. Yeah, I take your point. I take your point. Yep. All right. There's design questions I cannot resist from randomness on Instagram about car designs. Are they exciting when they're new and fresh or are they exciting later on a few years when they've gained some relativity or just time to soak and mm-hmm. time to be in the marketplace, time for people to get used to them and see them? He's saying, I find myself more and more fond of cars that are at least five to ten years old, even though I might not have liked them when I came out. And then that kind of relates to a question from Aurelio. He's over here on Facebook asking, at what point is design still thoughtful and beautiful? I think Brandmas answered that question. It's later on if that grows on you mm-hmm. and you're more interested in like the, the shut line or the, the fender line or how parts fit together, those parting lines on Mazdas and how thoughtful those were. And you think, wow, that was well done. It, it still looks good than a overstyled mm-hmm. Hyundai Sonata or something from hmm. late 2000s or you think well that was just kind of you know for the time the the prior generation sure, sure, e-classes sure. you know the round headlights and you know oval headlights and that kind of thing and we we went into the elliptical stuff and it was just sort of like all right you're just picking up on flavors of that time but you didn't make something that is really timeless that's harder to do and simple is hard to do simple and clean will look yeah, more timeless yeah. And he's, you know, Aurelio was talking about, you know, watches and jewelry and that kind of thing. Adding diamonds on top of a design doesn't really do anything for him. I get it. Well, yeah. Spoilers on cars and that kind of thing. Just tacked on stuff. Definitely. But I think just the timeless designs that you think, all right, I'm studying it more. And the reflections are really thoughtful. You're Mm, designing a car with the surfaces that are pointing up, the, the surfaces that catch light and catch your eye. What do those reflections do? And you think, wow, the more and more I see it that... That surface turned in a lot of different angles is really gorgeous versus, hmm. all right, we're just creating something that doesn't exist in our product portfolio, and it's just a bunch of lines. And then you <laughs> see it later, you're going, yeah, Chrysler was guilty of this extremely. Sure, sure, I mean, they yeah, just, yeah. that supercar that they had, I just recently saw it. It was the MC4 or something. I'll get it wrong. But it was a, a supercar that kind of came out of nowhere and disappeared. And it was the from Early 2000s, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, something like that. And- it's just like there, there's just random hood strikes and just <laughs> put the pencil down, guys. Stop. Yeah, yeah. You got yeah. a shape. The end. 
Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Huh. Wow. I love the the design stuff is fascinating. It Um, it is. It's endless, of course. Mike wrote to us from Cam Auto Mag, hey Mike, and asked a question I loved because I read it and instantly went, oh, I know exactly what my answer is. Okay. What's the car that you want or lust over despite its flaws? Okay. I have my answer. All right. And this is in this, look, I got to go also here also. This is in this kind of money, no object category for me. I just. Oh, wow. You're going big. Okay. Could, yeah. The car that if I could buy one, if I had the money to buy one, I would just go buy one. I, I, I've heard very little good about the dynamics. I've heard about the problems with it. I don't care. I want one. <laughs> Jaguar okay. XJ220. Oh my god! I just want one. I, yeah, it's, it's like yeah. it's like the height. It's like the height of bad '80s Jaguar interiors. It has it's a turbo horrible, V6 actually. that yes. is yeah, it is has a turbo V6 that I have heard is not what you would call reliable. I have also heard there is a company because I'm a little obsessed with these cars. I have to admit it. There's a company in England that I think it's a father son team, but it may be brothers. I, I'm getting a little bit wrong. But there's a company in England that is kind of they're not as advanced, but it's kind of like imagine Singer for the Jaguar XJ220. They are guys that take them from around the world and kind of refine them to drive like they should have. Okay, they even do weird things with seat placement to make it more roomy. You know, they, they they've really figured out how to make these cars what they should have been. Mm. That also speaks to the fact that they weren't quite right originally. Okay, <laughs> right, right. And I don't care. I don't care. Every time I see one, I, look, we've seen all kinds of cars. We go to car shows. I see a lot of cars that I like. I'll just stare at an XJ220 and think, what if? And I know it's bad. I've never mm. heard a you have to drive one story about one of these. I've never heard one. Everybody's always like, well, it's interesting. <laughs> it's kind the of the response. Thing. Let me tell but you about I, these cars. But yeah. if I had just money, Mike, that would be in my garage, Jaguar XJ220, and I would, I would love it just because I'm obsessed. Huh. Interesting. I, wow. You're obsessed with that car like I am with 928s lately. Yeah, to some degree. I mean, it's 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 a much higher, much rarer category. Very but much it, so, but it yeah. is it, it's it's an inexplicable car for me. Every time I randomly see one at a car show, it's just like I'm going to need a minute. You know, I just <laughs> it's just that car for me, and I know it's not good, which is tragic. But I'd like one anyway. Interesting. You know, I, I've told this story before that GT90 concept car from Ford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the late 90s, whenever it was. Yeah. It was the, hey, we're bringing the GT back before they actually brought it back and did it right. Yeah. It was this crazy, angular, frankly, ugly concept. And they destroyed Jaguar XJ220 serial number 0001 oh. to make that concept oh, car. Oh, hurt me. And everybody, the the guys at Ford were like scooping up the parts out of the corner and you know, taking them home, just like, oh, I can't believe they did that. Oh, yeah, seriously, seriously. Yikes. So there's that car for me, Mike. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to stop there for the night, but uh, I don't know if you've got anything else. I'm going to let you have that because that is an excellent one. I'm going to continue thinking about this one, but we've got more questions. We are sorry we couldn't get to all of them, and thank you for writing. Keep asking your questions because uh, the Topic Tuesday thing is pretty interesting, too. I've been harvesting Completely. a few. That are very interesting. They're not the bar fight questions, but they are the ongoing, huh, this could be interesting discussion. So we'll we'll get to those. Guys, thank you so much. Really, really appreciate your input. And uh, it's, uh, it's ongoing. It's just a ton of fun for us. So hope you enjoy. Looking forward to next time. Cheers.
Geico presents unhelpful home improvement how-tos. A slippery bathroom floor can result in expensive hospital bills. So today, I'll show you how to cushion a serious fall by filling your bathroom with thousands of plastic balls. Just nail a piece of plywood across the doorway and dump in 2,000 multicolored plastic balls. You could try to protect yourself with a bathroom full of plastic balls, or you could get liability coverage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. Federal government worker Blake Murray in D.C. says he's pretty much had it with the partial government shutdown. It's pretty demoralizing, um, you know, and I feel like kind of a pawn in a political game and totally powerless. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is asking President Trump to postpone his January 29th State of the Union address, citing security concerns. But Republicans say this is just politics, shutdown politics, a move intended to keep President Trump off the national stage. Going to prison for 20 years, a Tennessee teacher who took a 15-year-old student and ran for weeks prosecutor Dan Cochran. I think it's a serious sentence. 20 years is a significant amount of time. He's going to have all that time to think about what he did, the consequences of it. We asked for 30, obviously, but 20 is a very serious sentence, and we feel good about it. An employee and a customer at an IHOP restaurant in Huntsville, Alabama, were killed in a shooting that also injured another employee. I'm Rita Foley.